You're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeuseof.com. Welcome to the show. My name is Christian Corley and with me is Gavin Phillips. How are you doing, Gavin? I'm doing very well, Christian. I'm uh, really looking forward to getting stuck into this week's show, actually. How about yourself? Uh, I'm a little bit tired. I uh, My mum went to London uh, Thursday, last week, I think. I dropped her off at the station and I was due to pick her up at the same station yesterday. But it was Sunday, so that just didn't happen. Oh, uh, no. Oh, yeah. So uh, we um, headed down to York to pick her up, and then about 20 minutes into the journey to York, we were told we were actually going to another town called uh, Harrogate, which is uh, near Leeds, uh, if you're not Yeah, in the UK. even further on. <laughs> well, they're roughly the same distance in travel time, um, mainly because the roads into York are faster than the roads into Harrogate. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then a uh, nice meal, out far longer than we should have been, um, the table that we had booked uh, up here for, for dinner had to be cancelled. Lots of driving, bit tired, but uh, n- replete nevertheless. I, li- I like it. We're, this is the second week on the trot where I've got a travelling on a Sunday to eat story. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> Have I heard this story before? <laughs> oh, it's a weekly occurrence. Uh, so we are here to bring you the latest tech news that matters to the technology that you use or what might impact you. And we've got some tips and tricks to help you make better use out of that tech. Uh, we're going to kick off with some news this week about Legend of Zelda. This is the new game for the Nintendo Switch in the the latest installment in the Zelda series. It's been out for uh, a week. After three days, it had sold 10 million copies, Gavin. That's uh, a phenomenal number, isn't it? That's like a serious amount of uh, interest. I think Legends of Zelda games always come with a lot of interest, don't they? But 10 million copies is, is an awful lot of games shipped in a very short period of time. That is insane, really. Uh, Breath of the Wild was released on the Switch and the Wii U in 2017 and sold 30 million use, uh, units in its lifetime. Uh, this is already a third of the way there after three days. Yeah, that is phenomenal. Do you know the best, best-selling best games of all time? Go on, then. Uh, do you want to guess or do you want me to tell you? Um, Space Invaders. <laughs> I've n- I um, don't think it's that far up there, unfortunately. No, I don't think. Um, let me have a think. Let me have a think. I'm going to say GTA Five. Oh, that's in number two with 180 oh. million. Ooh. Go on then. <laughs> um, number one on. is. Is it one of those? No, go on. I'll let you go. <laughs> it's Minecraft with uh, 238 oh, million. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have got that. I would. That was nowhere yeah. in my uh, my, uh, my 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 radar of uh, the, how many. 238 million copies, apparently. And that, does that include the free ones? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm just reading off of a Wikipedia list. Okay, um, fair enough. But uh, surprising for me, actually, on this list, uh, is Wii Sports is apparently the fourth best-selling game of all time. So I wonder if that's just the amount of copies that were shipped with Nintendo Wiis. Do they count as a sale, technically? I think they probably do, but I think it was a big, big reason for bu- people buying a Wii back in the day, wasn't it? 
Yeah, for sure. To like do the whole, you know, active game. Yeah, really utilize the Wiimote. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's um, uh, eighty-two point nine million copies apparently. Wow, As people forget how important the Wiimote was actually to uh, to not just the the Wii, but also gaming in general. It totally uh, threw the ball back in the court of uh, Xbox with its uh, silly. What was that thing called? Uh, Connect. Connect. Yeah, didn't it? It was a massive Which just game wasn't changer. very good. Yeah, yeah. The Wiimote was a massive game changer. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, now, I've never played a Zelda game. I, d- I don't know how. I mean, I, I'm consequent because of that. No one in my house has played a Zelda game because we don't. I think unless there's one on the uh, on one of the virtual consoles on the um, on the Switch, we don't have a Zelda game. So. Should I buy a Zelda game? That's the question. Does my family need a Zelda game? Well, I know you're you're quite a uh, a retro fan, aren't you? Or, yeah, exactly. Uh, that makes it even game. weirder. <laughs> you might prefer to go back and do one of the older ones, mainly uh, maybe like Ocarina of Time. Yeah, that's the one on the N sixty four. Is it? That is the N sixty four. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think not... the kids uh, quite enjoy the. And it's still quite, it's still like puzzle RPG, but I think it's yeah. quite accessible. I'm not a big fan of those top-down RPG types of the early Zelda games. They, you know, back in the day when I was like playing on a Commodore 64 and Amiga or something, I'd look at those games on the NES and the SNES, sorry, the NES and the Super NES, and <laughs> and I'd see them. I think they look terrible. What? What? I'm not. They just look like the baby games, you know. I think it's similar for games uh, like the early Final Fantasies as well. Yeah, which, yeah. Um, I've played some of them, Final Fantasy 3 and Final Fantasy 6, but didn't really get into the same way as the, the later ones, like Final Fantasy 7 onwards, where it was, you know, more, more 3D. <laughs> Uh, now I'm going on holiday in a few weeks' time, and uh, fear not, regular listeners, there will be a really useful podcast for you to listen to, even though I'm not here. We have pre-recorded lots of material, uh, but it has uh, got me thinking about various, uh, you know, all the things that you need to go on holiday with, and you know, and the whole booking thing, saving money, all of those types of things. Now it's funny the things that you find yourself buying when you're going on holiday. I had to buy some scales for luggage oh yeah one of the like the dangly ones yeah yeah i've never had to bother with that before what's going on yeah you got to do it though because if you get there and you're overweight it's a lot of money yeah exactly yeah so you don't want to risk that but uh yeah so um i mean it's not just travel for um, phone chargers of course in any circumstances don't let you charge overheat because it's going to damage the charger and it's going to damage the phone as well and we move on now to um oh Booking air flights. You've probably yeah. done this more than I have recently. Uh, I think, yeah, a little bit more. Um, but it's never that fun, is it? <laughs> well, no. Well, you know, when I started doing this back in... Because basically, uh, my son has been, um, he's been picked to uh, represent England in the Dance World Cup in Portugal, uh, which takes place at the end of June, beginning of July. And this has come as a bit of a surprise to us. So in sort of January time, I was running around trying to book holiday slash trip slash be in Portugal for the right time, basically. And one of the things I started to do was uh, the first thing I looked at was package trips. 
they're ridiculously expensive for six people or, or they were in the completely wrong place so we, we then had to go down the real route of uh, flights and airbnb so you know don't get the opportunity yeah. don't don't get the. i mean we do get a pull with the airbnb but you know there's no entertainment there's no uh there's none of the um all-inclusive yeah and the thing stuff. with an airbnb is um although you're on holiday uh you still have to cook three meals a day <laughs> oh yeah well i mean we're in the outskirts of braga so hopefully there'll be a few eateries nearby that we can uh, yeah patronize for a few days so so when you were booking christian did you notice prices changing like really rapidly i noticed them changing um yeah but not not so much on the on one side but between different sites yeah they were very very different because there's the age-old thing that people believe is that airlines use cookies or, or or flight comparison sites use cookies the tiny bits of data that each website stores on your, on your computer to sort of keep track of you they, yeah they use that to increase prices so you go back to a website like uh, skyscanner for example and uh, it's alleged that they tr use the cookie to notice that you're coming back and you're coming back and, th and they tweak the prices and push them up a little bit more to force you into buying now skyscanner and well this is it skyscanner have a document and um in fact if you google the term do airlines use cookies to increase prices the skyscanner document is the first result in google oh. <laughs> it says clearing your cookies will not affect the prices that you see on our site and other flight comparison sites um also maintain this as well and the interesting thing though is that it feels more anecdotally everybody notices that prices increase the more you go back to a website whereas um the websites maintain that's just because each time you go back more time has passed to the point where you're going to fly which does make sense because you know more people are booking there's less availability prices do increase and that is how dynamic airline pricing increases and is worked around the world uh we've also seen incidents <clears throat> excuse me where dynamic pricing does discriminate against specific types of people and uh users um not specifically so much with flights but recently in the news uh there's now uh, an ongoing court case where uh uber prices are have been found to show higher prices to ios users and there's a lot of other talk around whether if one of these websites spots that you're using an expensive mac or apple product you may well see slightly more expensive Whoa. prices now this is something that has never really been specifically proven uh, and they've not been taken to court to find out if it has um but there's more than enough anecdotal evidence online that it must be well, i don't know it must be something going on it's would, tricky would they do, well i mean of course they would do that 
Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. They'll squeeze every, squeeze every dollar they can get. Yeah. But there are some ways you can find uh, slightly cheaper tickets. I've tried out most of these. Well, I've tried out all of these myself. Um, one, I've tried to use a VPN to find cheaper flight prices. This was sort of uh, inconclusive. Sometimes switching from, I mean, the UK, obviously, uh, switching a VPN to say that I was based in New York or, or somewhere else would show a slightly cheaper price but we're not talking hundreds of dollars we're talking you know 50 to 60 bucks at most so if you want to put the effort in you can do that uh being flexible is always another one the more flexible you can be with your flights the uh the cheaper you can get uh try alternative airports in the local area uh, and if you can flying out from one place and landing at somewhere else is another good way to drop a few bucks off uh airline fare errors these come up every now and then, uh, and that's when um, uh, an airline accidentally misprices their their airfare, and a lot of the time um, they will honour it if it's not too outrageous. But some of the ones, um, so the example I've got is uh, from Cafe Pacific, which sold a sixteen thousand dollar business class ticket from uh, Da Nang, Vietnam to New York for six hundred and seventy five bucks. Ooh, <laughs> but yeah, well, the airline then said, obviously, that's a humongous error, and we are not going to honour that fare. So um, you may be able to book it, but whether you'll be able to fly is a whole other thing. Um, number five, book your flights early and at specific times. The earlier you can book um, is always better. The team over at Airfare Watchdog, that's another um, airfare like tracking site, um, reckon that booking your flight late on a Tuesday evening or early on a Wednesday morning is the best time of the week because airlines are releasing their new sales um, late on a Monday or Tuesday morning unless people are booking flights in the middle of the week. So people are ticket- typically booking towards the end of the week and through the weekend. By the middle of the week, it's, it's quiet down again. Oh. Um, and the final two are um, set fare price alerts on sites like Skyscanner, if you have a specific um, place you want to go to or you have something you travel frequently, um, set a price alert. And once it dips below that level, you'll get an email. Um, and the other one, and this is one I, um, I've done for when we've gone away as a family, is instead of booking a return flight, book an individual flight. So you book one and then the next one rather than getting the company to do it all for you. So it's a little right. bit more time, but that can also save you a few dollars interesting interesting do you i mean it it, is it a significant saving you can make using these tricks i think it's one of those it can add up if you get them in the sort of right order yeah and every and everything aligns one of those um if you leave it late you are always going to pay a premium that's just how it is and websites like uh what's the one lastminute.com or whatever it's called you know they have last minute deals but they're never actually that cheap you know they just want you to book through them because of the name of the website so you're always going to pay more for leaving it late basically how can you use google to plan a vacation it might be whether you've booked the flight already you've already decided where you're going or you're looking for things to do when you get there you can use google to help make travel planning smoother now uh as alluded to earlier in the show, there was a, a recent podcast in which I accidentally, well, I'll 
had no other choice than to use Google Assistant while driving to uh, find somewhere to eat. And that's only a tiny part of what Google can do when it comes to uh, traveling, going out and about. Uh, you can, for instance, uh, use it to find a hotel, find a good hotel. Uh, there's a thing called um, photo stories uh, in Google search where you can search for a hotel and tap the thumbnail to browse the photos of the hotel and the rooms with just a swipe of the screen to find out if it's somewhere that you would like to go. Uh, pretty much every hotel supports this these days. Uh, you could get a price guarantee on flight tickets. Google promises to track the lowest price ticket you have booked, and if it falls further, the company will refund the difference via Google Pay. But this is limited to the book on Google itineraries that depart from the US. So you have to be using book on Google, and you have to be in the US, and the price difference must be greater than $5 for you to benefit from that. And you can also use Google Search to find new experiences on a vacation. For instance, if you search for the Tower of London, you'll find suggestions for related experiences. Do you know I've never been to the Tower of London? Oh, we went uh, last summer, but I think oh. it was the first time I've been. Yeah, <laughs> we wanted to go last summer, but uh, time was again. Well, not last summer, last uh, Easter we went last year, uh, but time was against us. Um, I still love to go. Uh, so, yeah, you'll find suggestions for related experiences like a citywide tour that includes multiple stops or whatever. Lots of things you can do in London alone and any other big city. So there's plenty of Google tips that you should take on board if you are traveling with. You can use Google Travel. You can use Google Maps to find about the area around a hotel. Uh, there's bike and scooter information on Google Maps to explore a city. You can use Google Search to sift through related hotels and Google Lens to plan vacation meals as well, even. So use Google to make your travel plans. Now, I've done a bit of this, um, but largely speaking, I know that there's a uh, supermarket near where we need to be. But uh, yeah, most of my planning has been around uh, hiring a car, which was not an easy experience. And then uh, planning a trip because we got basically we get there, and we didn't know this when we booked. We get there on the th- midweek, and then sort of two days later, Bruce is dancing. So we've got one day to do a dry run trip through from where we're staying to the city, so we know oh, the okay. route and everything, you know. So yeah. Uh, yeah, and to get settled in, and then we've got the most of the remaining two weeks is just chilling. Sounds ideal. Yeah, just doesn't it? it does ruin. Um, okay, uh, now we're staying in an Airbnb. I've never stayed in an Airbnb before, and uh, I was a little bit dubious about this. But we got to the point where we couldn't find a hotel, so it was going to be an Airbnb. So then you go through the whole thing. Oh, I don't really want to stay in someone's house, and then well, they don't live there most of the time anyway, so it's not really a problem. And then you think, what about scams? Well, there's a perfect list on Make Use Of which will help you spot the common signs of an Airbnb scam. It has so many listings. In 2019, it had 6 million listings. For four years on, it's got to have at least that still, if not twice as many. As there is with any scam, you know, there's red flags. So I'll go through those. Four common signs of an Airbnb scam. The host asks you to pay outside Airbnb. So don't do that. Always pay through Airbnb. You'll find complaints from previous guests on Airbnb if there is something wrong with the property, if it is a scam. And if there's something wrong about the photos of the property, if they're not the same quality, if they look like they might have been borrowed from elsewhere, that sort of thing, you can use a Google image search on the photos if you think there's something wrong with the property, if it's something feels off. And random email requests sensitive information. 
So your Airbnb host requests that you share valid ID is pretty standard, but if you receive a random text or email requesting you provide ID to confirm the booking, it could be a phishing attempt to steal your identity or some other suspicious thing. Because all of that stuff's already been done when you signed up with Airbnb, so none of that should be required at a secondary time. It's it's already done. It's already been approved and all that sort of thing. And it's quite a, a bit of a pain signing up to Airbnb, frankly, I found. So uh, you've gone through it once. You don't really want to be going through it again. God, I've really had to um, put all my reservations to one side when booking uh, our accommodation for this holiday, I had to say. Yes, it can be quite difficult. I know um, the last time we went away earlier in the year, we used an Airbnb and the same sort of thing. The house is was big and beautiful and lovely, but it's quite apparent that it's um, it's just an Airbnb property. No one no one lives there. Yeah. Um, it's just being constantly rented out, which is fine in many ways. Like, it was well-appointed... And you didn't have that same feeling of, uh, oh, gosh, there's people's staff. And we, you know, you obviously are careful, but it definitely wasn't the same as going to, um, you know, someone's actual home in the same way. The only thing that um, got us was they wanted a cash deposit, which I was not happy about whatsoever, Mm -hmm. because in any holiday guide you ever read, handing someone an envelope with 500 euros in it outside the house. Yeah. You know, pretty high up on the list of things you should never do. Yeah, totally. <laughs> to which they said, so through Airbnb, um, like smaller um, smaller renters um, don't have the option to do that. But people who have a large property portfolios and use other management tools to manage their property portfolios on Airbnb are allowed to request this. So this is an actual Airbnb rule that they allow. So the people asking for the money weren't actually in the wrong. They were allowed to do that. Um, And they were sort of like trying to push for it. But they just said, no, I'm just not doing it. We'll cancel our booking and go somewhere else. Um, but it was quite late at that point, so I don't think they wanted to lose out on, on the booking at that point. So they yeah. accepted a credit card uh, through a portal. And I was like, you obviously use this credit card portal all the time. Like, yeah, why yeah. make it into such a hassle? Um, and I guess there's probably like some sort of small amount of payment attached to it, which is why they don't want to use it. And I was like, obviously we would prefer to use the much more secure option rather than give a random guy yeah 500 euros yeah that's crazy that's crazy so yeah basically there are scams out there and whether you're traveling or otherwise but you know if you are traveling you you, your your focus is elsewhere perhaps on being in the right place etc and you can be uh, taken in by scams when booking an airbnb so you know take care and be aware It's recommendations time, and uh, it's that part of the show where we uh, give you a recommendation, basically, you know, something that we've uh, enjoyed or played with or viewed or bought or listened to, or it's usually listening to with Gavin. How many earbuds do you have now? Oh, right, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, It's not a keyboard either. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go first, because mine's a very quick one. I've actually, I've kind of got two, so I'm I'm thinking of holding one over. So I'm going to go for... Yeah, Quantum Mania is surprisingly a good Marvel movie. Aha, did you go and see it? 
I watched it on Disney Plus. It just came on Disney Plus on Friday. I didn't go to the cinema uh-huh. to see it because I've kind of I've had my fingers burnt with the last two big ones, the the, the Multiverse of Madness one. I wasn't keen on. I also I know I'm in the minority on this. I also wasn't that keen on the Spider Man movie with all the Spider Mans in, and I didn't particularly enjoy Black Widow either. So. I th- well, I did enjoy uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, I think that was the last good one before uh, Quantum Mania. I haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy yet, and I haven't seen Black Panther two yet. But my son didn't enjoy Black Panther two, so and he absolutely adored Black Panther one. So, so yeah, I, th- I, I, I mean, Marvel movies is one of those um, big sort of questions of the age at the moment, isn't it? It's like, how, how, why is it they're not very good anymore? But I think Quantum Mania is ho- possibly, hopefully, getting it all back on track. So I'd recommend you see it, if only to t- to decide that you disagree. It's got uh, it's got quite a good cast actually. I was just looking. It's got Bill Murray. Yeah, uh, Bill Murray's not in it much though, but uh, it's okay. good. Okay, it's like Michael Douglas as well. But uh, I digress. What is your recommendation, Gavin? Um, I was just going to suggest people go and give the new ChatGPT plugins a try, which are quite interesting. So there's more being Ooh. released all the time. Uh, at the time of broadcast there are now i think uh 90 odd plugins and they all do different things wow and chat gtp plugins extend the functionality of uh the open eye open ai's chatbot um, i'm sure most of our listeners will have heard or used this by now the plugins is a recent addition to them they came out uh last week or the week before well they started rolling them out and then they've released them to a wider audience now and you you basically go onto chat gpt if you've got a plus uh, account that's the premium version you can then select different plugins that extend the functionality of uh of the tool now the ones i've tried are slightly hit and miss but you can see where it's going which i think is why it's interesting to see so i used one to try and plan a trip um just one that i've made up uh, we were going to fly hypothetically from the uk to malta the results on that one were a bit sort of hit and miss <clears throat> but you can you can see what it's trying to do so it searches through kayak or expedia or whatever and it brings up the best results from that and then presents them in a way that you're like oh, okay so we could fly on tuesday um, whatever, we'll select that one and it remembers it and then it says, and now let's book you a hotel and then it goes right. through a list of hotels and whatnot. There are other options that I've tried recently as well. Uh, the Spotify playlist uh, plugin was decent enough. Um, you put in like a search term and say, I'd like a playlist of, you know, 90s rock or something like that. <clears throat> and... Um, the first prompt I put in and said something like that, it said, I can't do that, I'm afraid. <laughs> I was like, oh, then what do you do? <laughs> and it said, well, I can give you a list of songs from that era, and then you can then tell me to put them into a playlist. I was like, ah, so what I asked, but with extra steps, good. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of stuff on there, though. So I've just um, started using one uh, from something called seo app and that's uh, to help find like long tail search terms if you're doing like writing and editing online there's mm. lots of different ones for like financial services and tools there's options to help 
uh, chat GPT communicate with PDFs so you can move data into and out of PDFs that was quite handy uh, create unique tables for data that you find using chat GPT uh, and so on um, so when it first launched there were 50 plugins we're now yeah over 90 I would think and there's more being added all the time so yeah if you have a chat GTP Jat GPT plus account. Easy for you go to and say. Give them a go. Yeah, <laughs> I've said it too many times. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's really useful podcast, the Tech Podcast for Technophobes from MakeUseOf.com. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, do so via Twitter or on Facebook or find us on the site. Everything we've discussed in this week's show, you will find in the show notes. And if you're able to, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That will help us. Uh, reach more listeners and uh, pass on more tips and tricks. We'll be back next week. Until then, it's goodbye.